Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Aggressor's Ancient Rome, Thea 2, Civ 6, Driftlands, and much, much more. Nate and Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. Happy holidays to you and everyone listening. Hope this podcast finds you well. Agreed. It is. It has been um, a difficult month. So this break is very well deserved and needed. Though unfortunately, I won't get much. I, get, I won't get to enjoy too much of it unless I get to finish everything I need to do. But in the meantime, to all our listeners, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for commenting we love it when you talk to us we love to talk back to you and let's start this week with aggressors ancient rome so uh the developer he posts in our forums quite often and um he hasn't posted too much recently because i know he's been working on some stuff and then he dropped this quick little update this week and it's called strategic command and basic, it's short. There's not. He's not um, discussing a lot of the small tweaks. There's just a lot of them, and he's like, it's not even worth discussing. But there were a lot of tweaks made to the UI, and that's based on uh, user feedback and like comments and you know the conversations having with people. He's doing uh, some adjusting to how food works. So the way the game. So I'm right. So first and foremost, I'm writing the review for it. I stopped writing it. Um, I stopped playing the game, writing whatnot, just towards the like right before Thanksgiving because of just too much stuff going on at work. But hopefully soon, once that passes, I can get on it because there I've got maybe 75, 80 percent of the review written. I just need to put in maybe another 10 hours, 15 hours of uninterrupted play to you know finish it off, and then we'll have the review up. So you can expect this review for sure. In January, and I don't know when in January, but it is coming. Having said that, in my playtime, one of the things I noticed is that food was quite often abundant. Now, this game is semi-historic, meaning that it is historic in nature, but it is alternate history, kind of like Civ games and things like that. And the food was just too much. And back in the day, that was like one of the main things that would either help a society or civilization rise or fall, a little cue for later, um had a lot to do with food and he take he took that into account and he tweaked it and one of the things that he did is as your city grows more and more they will need a larger supply of food as you get more advanced armies better trained armies you need more food that's one of the things it's like if you can't feed your army your army can't fight 
So that's that should be very interesting to see how that impacts the game. Like, does it slow down growth? Does it slow down conquest, expansion? So that's one. He's been working on the AI and specifically um, trying to make the AI use cavalry units better, upgrade its units, and uh, which unit it recruits and when, so things like that. Uh, he's been adjusting battle results. Um, so basically outcomes, so the outcome makes more sense. And um, then he's been doing some user interface changes and things like that, like to the appearance of things and the information that's presented. So all in all, short, but I think very sweet. And for a game that's... So Aggressors is a pretty solid game. It, it is a solid game, but it's, you know, it's not as as large, say, as like a Civ game or, you know, any game of that nature. So these little tweaks, I think, might help improve the game because it'll stand out. It won't fall into the, oh, you know, build everything, buy everything, do everything, because now there's things holding you back. So stay tuned. Review is coming. And I, I'm enjoying my time with the game. So I, I thought I'd throw that in there as well. Yeah, that's really great. I enjoyed my time with it, too. I liked how I could specialize cities in different fields, and again, that takes it takes away from the the desire to build everything and do everything when you got to specialize your or you have the option to specialize your cities. Right, I guess exactly. I should say. Exactly. So yeah, I think it's a solid game too. Speaking of solid games, Thea Two got two patches this week, and some of them are some of the items in the patches are a little bit amusing. So for okay. instance, one of the things they fixed was. In the Zabignia village, you could get mm -hmm. infinite XP and research points through an mm -hmm. exploit, and that's mm -hmm. been patched out, nice. which is, yeah, leave it to gamers to find that sort of thing. But yeah, of that's course. what you got to do. That's what early access is for. Right. They also fixed the shark event. <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever seen that event. I haven't seen it either, but apparently it's awesome because now you can throw your pets overboard to feed the sharks to get oh, them to leave you alone. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course it would be in Thea. Oh, my God. Can, can you throw children into the water? Oh, man. I don't know. That would be wonderful if you could. No, uh, that's awful. That's oh, I know, but it, you should have the option. Muha, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, make it so you can throw children overboard too. No, Troy, you're you. <laughs> I am. I am. Yes, yes, the, the Krumpus demon. You could call me that's that. That's right. Uh, okay, and there was another one. Oh, yeah, they lowered the chance for um, getting a Zerka or Witch as a mm -hmm. class for your characters since they tend to be more rare, which is, which is fine. You want... One of the best things about Thea the Awakening and uh, also Thea 2 the Shattering is that you don't get to see the whole game every run through. And so exactly. it's important that the things that are meant to be rare and special stay rare and special. So I'll, I'm fully on board with that. Uh, the, the second patch that came out on the 18th of December really was more about bug fixes and balancing things like that. Uh mm. They added a, a few little things here, such as player status to the co-op and sounds uh, for turn started and other players as they finish on, on uh, when you're playing co-op. Uh, the UI was improved. The AI was improved, this sort of thing. So that one, not quite as humorous. Um, one, uh, one other thing with that second patch, which mm. I, was, I was wondering about this myself when I was playing it last, which was, what, a couple days ago? Um, sure. wood will now be burned in order 
with the most common type of wood being burned first and then Mm. proceeding up through the most rare. And I was wondering about that because I got some shadow wood Mm. and I was like, and I was like, oh, like, where's the UI clicks or whatever to make sure they don't burn this stuff because it's really rare. The magnifying lens. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it wasn't easy to find. So, um, now that that's the, def- the first thing I do also. I like lock things off that I don't want to be used when encamped. Yes, definitely. So. You got to do that. And yep. when they added that to uh, Thea the Awakening, that was really awesome. So now with yep. this is the default. That really helps things out, though. You won't be burning all your valuable materials. You'll just most as long as you're careful, you'll be burning just like generic your children wood. and pets, right? Yes, yes, burning children and pets. Uh, I guess they could be put on the list too. You know. You can eat your pets. Remember, you can slaughter your pets and eat them in this game. (laughs) I love this game. But at least that makes more, I guess, it's just tough choices. Do you eat your pet? Do you kill a party member? I don't know. It's it's tough. I I think it's great. The writing in the game is fantastic. I'm really enjoying it. So, uh, well, that's pretty much it from Thea 2 this week. What about, wait a minute, is this right? Is that Civ 4 or Civ 6? Civ 6. Oh, Oops. Yes, the old switcheroo with the Roman numerals. We got an update That's on right. Civ 6 next. Uh, why don't you tell us about that, Nate? Well, this week they revealed the next civilization, which is the Inca. Now, these are returning. They've been around, I think, in every iteration since Civ 2 or Civ 3. And um, we're back to Pachacuti now. He looks different. He looks... I, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. The physicality of a lot of the leaders i mean i guess i'm the same as the next person and when i look at a leader i want to see somebody who's attractive right yeah but good god all the do almost not all of them but most of them are cut these dudes like (laughs) it's like you know when they meet another leader the first thing out of their mouth in their respective languages do you lift bro that's that's gotta be the first (laughs) thing they say you know and i thought he looked uh Kind of like the bodyguard dude from that really lousy Disney cartoon, um, The yeah, Emperor's oh yeah, New Clothes. Yeah, he does. He looks like him. He looks a little smarter. Whatever that, like yeah, whatever that character was. I don't even know his name, but that's yeah. what he looks like. Yeah, so they're all like buff, and I mean, hey, it's all good. It's not like I want to look at a leader and see, you know, a decrepit old man or woman, but there were plenty of those around as well. Anyways, so he's brought back, and uh, as part of gathering storm one of the major features that to me is super exciting now i'm not saying this because i'm a massive environmentalist or you know climate change acceptor or whatever you know global warming it's not about that it's just that particular aspect of gameplay is one of the things that like food when i mentioned earlier in aggressors food was very important in ancient times another thing that was incredibly important in ancient times was the weather and where you settled and how likely you were to have disasters. And of course, now it's important for us because you have nations that are being impacted by the rising sea level and crazy weather all over the world. So what's interesting is the Incas, one of their major unique improvements are the terraced farms, which means that they can settle by the mountains. So Canada, last week's, they settled in the tundra. They settled, you know, out in the cold, out where nobody wants to live, you know. The Russians are super-duper fighters in blizzards. In a blizzard, never attack Russia. You know, don't attack them in their winter, don't attack them in their spring, and certainly don't do it during a blizzard, you know. So in this one, we get to see them utilizing these 
these mountain tiles, hill tiles. Now, another thing they have is they have an ability called the Mita, and that pre pretty much means that they can actually work the mountain tile. So for, for all other civs right now, if you're settled by mountains, you can get bonuses from it, but you can't really do anything. It just acts as basically like a, like a shield, like, no, like nobody can really get to you around the mountains, not for a long time. But here they can actually work them and they can utilize them. They get all kinds of crazy bonuses. And then uh, their unique unit is called the Warak Ak. I'm butchering it. So anybody who speaks Quechua, I apologize. <laughs> But uh, these guys are basically like scouts, and um, they can attack twice in a single turn as long as they have move. So if they end the turn next to somebody or somebody attacks them, they can actually attack him two times in the same turn. So that's pretty good. They look like slingers. And now, um, <clears throat> so Pachakuri, his special is that he gets all kinds of bonuses to trade routes. So what's really interesting is that when people are thinking of road networks, people are always thinking the Romans. Well... The Inca had incredibly advanced road networks for where they were, when they were, and considering that they did not have the wheel. So they did not have carts. They did not have any of that stuff until they basically, because there were no horses in the New World. So until the Spanish got here, there weren't really any horses here, nothing that had survived any of the Ice Ages. So nothing that far south, and you can't exactly lie a llama on an alpaca. So, you know, so they get to utilize, they get to have trade routes, they get to travel uh, along mountains differently than others. And then, um, so it makes them a sieve that likes mountains, so probably uncontested. They get bonuses from it. They can uh, do their terraced farming on the mountains. They can, they get bonus trade routes for mountains. So it'll be interesting. I mean... One of the things that they're talking about in, in uh, Gathering Storm is that you're going to have flooding. You're going to have catastrophes. You're going to have global warming and global, and you know, the, the sea level is going to rise. So coastal cities will be flooded. And here you have the Inca that are going to settle in the mountains and they should be fine from beginning to end. So that'll be interesting. That's one. Now, another bit of news is that they did about an hour and 10 minute video showing off the gameplay. So that's going to be linked. I'm not really much to talk about. It's just it's kind of fun to watch them go about it. It's it's interesting to listen to them. To me, what I like about when they do these streams is that Farak and the, you know we a lot of times we don't give Faraxis credit. One of the thing, one of the many things they do right, but one of the major things that they do right is when they show gameplay footage. They usually show like like a game that's a lot of companies would be considered in a release state. So for and for Firaxis, this is a beta. This you know this is three months out, but they're showing you stuff that's like you know pretty much going to be similar to what you're going to see when you get the game. And I, I applaud them for that. You know, kudos to them for that. And finally, this was brought to my attention through somebody who I follow or follows me on Twitter. They pointed out an article on Touch Arcade, and here's the title: Civ Six drops to $14.99 with in-app purchase scenario packs available for free. This is specifically for the iPad and the iPhone version. So, so um, Aspirin, which is the guy, which is the group that ported the game for for access to the to the iOS, they charge for the game 60 bucks. Now the game is a full cycle behind our PC and Mac and Linux version, which we have Rise and Fall. On the iOS, they're still playing like on the base game, but they have all of the scenarios and the leader packs and everything. So if you buy it now, 15 bucks, I will honestly tell you, do it. If you've been thinking about it, it's a great price. Do it. 
Now, if you want to know why, Joshua wrote a review. We'll be in the notes. Read his review. We have a podcast where we talk about it with a follow-up. So listen to that if you're still not sure about it. And then this week, every other day, if you had already bought it like I did, every other day you check in the in-app purchases and one of the other civilizations and the scenario pack is free. So basically you're getting eight bucks, ten bucks, four bucks, you know, so or nine bucks for the double civ one. So, you know, it's 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 great. And I know I posted about it on the civ forum and a bunch of people are like, Oh man, that's awesome. They jumped on it, so they got it. So it's still going on. And if you've been on the fence and you want it, get it. And I'll talk about this a little bit more in more detail in the games we're playing. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, we're also going to update Driftland, the Magic Revival, this week. Uh, it got a new patch. It's still in early access. So this is patch 0.7.58. And the big thing for this one is major improvements to the AI. The AI is going to be a lot more aggressive about pursuing victory. It will be more vindictive when you tick it off in diplomacy. It'll be more amenable when you please it in diplomacy. So expect the AI to be much less passive, and I will say with my experience with the game, which goes back several months now, uh, yeah, the AI was pretty passive in this. Uh, I I didn't ever feel challenged. Now, the challenging part was getting all my guys to do what I wanted them to do, but, oh, and making sure not everybody starved to death. Remember that, Nate? I kept killing all my people because I couldn't give them food. But Yes, but I think they addressed some of that prior to this, didn't they? They did eventually. That's true. Um, also, uh, we got a little bit of, uh, refreshments to the AI, event notifications, animations, this sort of thing. Also, new texts were added, and I think we reported a few weeks ago that certain spells, you could spam them real fast, and they'd be super powerful, and you could just take out a whole army or whole, uh, infrastructure on an island because you'd saved up your your resources and could cast these spells in quick succession and then they added cooldowns for these spells so like the more spells you cast the longer it takes for them to cool down be available to use again well now they've added text to the game or well they really call they call it a path of progress in this and this will reduce um the 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 timers on the cooldowns so that's pretty cool uh, also, they're going to be adding a campaign to the game here real soon, and they showed off some of the art from the beginning, and it's pretty wild. I like it. It's very ghostly and ethereal. has me intrigued, and maybe that's just what the game needed. I really enjoyed the campaign in uh, Space Tyrant, which is a, a different kind of 4X, so maybe this is what Driftland needs is a good campaign. So anyway, that's all coming, and uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what they have. Absolutely, and um, we like where the game is going. We, even though it's an RTS, it's a 4x. It's not a typical rush. You don't micromanage um, your units and their movement and stuff like that. You don't tell them, okay, go here, do this. You, your suggestion. You're like, hey, buddy, maybe you should go do that. And they're like, okay, man, I don't know what what this voice, this uh, incorporeal voice is, but yeah, it sounds good. You know, so that's definitely something that's unique and it's interesting to see how the game is playing. We should have some videos out pretty soon uh, from um, Dallin's last playthrough, but everybody's out either on vacation or traveling to or from locations. So maybe maybe at the, at the end of the year or maybe in the new year we'll have some stuff up. 
Okay, well, moving on. This week, the uh, Paradox announced that Stellaris is getting a new expansion. Just kidding. They didn't announce it, but it's probably going to happen anyways. Uh, patch 2.2.2 is out. This is, um, uh, this is an update patch, and within it, they're addressing features that are both in the Liguin, which is the free content, as well as Megacorp. And there's, there are all kinds of balance things. So one of the, uh, one of the DLC expansions in the past, when they added uh, Leviathans, when they added all the monsters, they added like a space dragon called the Drake. And now they changed up one of the animations. So basically, like when it hatches, it looks like a cracked moon, which is really cool. I saw it in, uh, I th- I'm not sure if it was a playthrough or somebody snapped a pic and posted about it, but it looked really interesting. Uh, they're improving something called nanite transmutation descriptions for tech and buildings. So my guess is this has to do probably with the the, ro- the various robots or maybe something to do with the L cluster. I, I haven't played that part, so I don't really know. I haven't actually played much Stellar since 2.1, but I probably will maybe when it hits 2.3 or 2.4. Uh, they're, um, they're one of the major tweaks, like all the changes that they did as a result of megacorps, the factions that suffer the most are the hive minds, because why is a hive mind going to have a business internal business? I can imagine it has something externally. If that's, you know, it kind of, I don't know, swings that way is lack of a better (laughs) word. I I can't, I, I, I'm not a hive mind, so I, I couldn't imagine every organism working towards the same goal like that. And if they did, I can't, like, the closest coming to that would be maybe, like, something like bees or ants, you know, and I can't see them opening up a business to try and sell products to some other insect. But I, I guess they do, you know, they, they farm and they do so. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, so they did that, and so they're tweaking that. So instead of having unemployed drones, which doesn't make sense, now they have scavenger drones. So any drone that's not actually in a job, they'll be recycling. Okay, makes sense. Why not? Then they did a whole lot of balance changes. A lot of balance changes. Like, a lot. They did UI changes. There were quite a few improvements to the UI. Major complaints were coming in that the UI wasn't building correctly and wasn't building the right thing. So they or wasn't doing good trades, which are three of the new features that were revamped for Megacorp. So they're like, yeah, we'll get on that. And they did. And so I'm, we'll wait and see what people say about, um, you know, what it comes back. And then another one is apparently the AI was bouncing scientists from ship to ship to ship. Instead of hiring five scientists, they had one scientist working on four different ships <laughs> or something. So I'm not, I feel sorry for the scientists and for the ship crew waiting for the scientists to arrive, you know. So anyways, they, they do stuff like that, performance, modding, bug fixes, lots and lots and lots of bug fixes. They were causing all kinds of crashes and lockups and, you know, weird things. So Paradox is on it. Now, the new dude is in charge. Um, I'll keep an eye out to see when he's on stream for something talking about it because I know Martin is still going to be doing, like, the community class stuff and things like that. So, you know, we'll see. And, uh We'll be talking more about this in a shortly, but you might not hear it for a couple of weeks for our 4X Game of the Year and Expansion of the Year podcast and a few other things. So stay tuned for when you hear it. Awesome. Very cool. So Endless Space 2 is gearing up for its Penumbra expansion. And this past week, we got a 48-minute long video featuring the new faction. And the new faction is called the Umbral Choir, 
and they're sort of a uh, ghostly, ethereal type race species thing. Um, and in it, they were showing in the video, they were showing off a lot of the new hacking mechanics that the Umbral Choir can do. So, Nate, I want you to fact check me on this because, like, I had terrible understanding the two okay. guys in it from time to time. But oh, so, if I say something right. wrong, you just sure. let the people know. So, okay. one of the wrong. things wrong, <laughs> wrong. No, one of the things just... they can do is they can insert sleeper cells into uh, other systems that they don't control, and that will give you the ability to spy on those systems, let you know what they're building how many planets in that system they've colonized, uh, a lot of other information about that. Mm -hmm. And then also... Resource and stuff like that. Yes. And also, like, I think I understood you could sacrifice a population unit to create a sleeper. Is that right? Yeah. You're talking about the, the new faction, right? Right, yeah. The Umbral Choir. Yes. yes. Yeah, I thought that was really cool how they could do that. And, uh, like, man, that... That gives you a lot of really interesting options in the game, especially like you wouldn't ever do that in the early game. But in the mid to late game, you're going to have tons of extra population. So why not use them to do that sort of thing? I like that. I really like that. So, Did you see the graphics for their planet? Yes. What it looks like? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Okay, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. And their ships, I still say that their ships are too dark. Like I, they're they're cool looking. They're very angular, almost like um, like the F one seventeen stealth fighter. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. like I can't I mean, they, really tell. They are stealth ships. Yeah, I can't really tell what they're. Sh you know, th there's there's a lot of the detail there that's lost because it's it's a very flat black color with some blue clouds around them. So like. I know that the artist spent a lot of time putting all these different angles and different pieces together, and like I want to appreciate that better. But it's hard when everything is like this. It's not even shiny black. It's a, like a matte black finish on these ships, and so you can't really see or appreciate the artistry that well. I feel. Uh, so anyway, they they look cool. I think they could be cooler if like we had a better idea of what they look like. Because mm. I can't like this like. There's a big one here that's kind of looks sort of like a jackal that's running because I can't really tell the shape, like what the shape really is. So anyway, um, it it's going to open up a whole new mode of gameplay, something that was not available in this game or any of the endless games before. And I, I'm really looking forward to checking it out. Well, what's really going to be interesting is to see how the stealth mechanic changes the gameplay even outside of combat you know because they have a like their home system so one thing you didn't mention is that they can only have the one system so they are a very tall civilization you know right so they're like a one one system civilization but they can they create essentially outposts and preserves and things like that you know and and um basically just expand quietly nobody even knows they're around you know so it'll be very very interesting to see how it plays out it adds i mean the, the expansion adds a more robust 
espionage system. It adds the hacking mechanic. You're actually starting to use some of the um, augmented reality features that were included with the game that weren't really used. You could see like your trade network, but not much else. Now you will see more. You'll get more use out of it. And at the same time, you get stealth mechanics for combat. So it's the... You know, it's quite possible they haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> so if if I broke some kind of uh, NDA, I apologize. We'll find out. But uh, they they talked about it, and I won't say more. But it's really cool. Yeah, that's probably pretty safe. Uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oh no, no, it's okay. You know, it's that's kind of that. That's always been something that I've had to deal with, and Rob had to deal with it because we were VIPs for Endless Legend, Endless Space. So we we were always like on the fine. You know, the the fine edge of breaking something. Can we say this? Can we say that? You know, but we can't run it by them. Can Am I allowed to say this or that? It's just like, you know, use common sense and better don't say anything or say a little bit and see what happens, you know? Well, also from Amplitude this week, um, they're expanding their games together site and forums. And I don't know, about a month ago, give or take, we reported that They've added tutorial videos that are community created to their Games Together um, page for Endless Space 2. Well, now they've added something very similar that is kind of like a frequently asked question where you can submit a question like you don't understand something in the game. So you ask a uh, a question, you know, and then... Community members will answer, and I guess there's some sort of filtering system for them that uh, the um, the devs go through, and you know they'll let the best answers stay. So you can actually get help from the community, and like I guess that was always there, like in a forum. But the thing is, forums are terrible formats for creating like a frequently asked question page. Like, who wants to search? 80, 90 pages of forum posts for a particular thing. It's very user-unfriendly. So this new Help tab that's on the Games Together page for Endless Space 2 is much better organized, much more attractive. And then, of course, you have the tutorial videos there, which now there's over 20 in that. So they're really trying to help the players get a grasp on the game. I I didn't think it was too difficult to understand, but... You know, I'm sure there's a lot of things I didn't take full advantage of when I was playing it. So those things are there for mm. you, and check them out. If and if you don't have a games together um, account. account, thank you. Uh, it's free <laughs> and easy to get, and you know you earn these points and forum badges. So if you're into you know comparing online e peeners, and you can do that. <laughs> or a more practical use for it is that if you have a whole bunch of their games and you participate, you can get some, you know, account ba- like badges to use there. But the main thing is you get more, your vote counts for more when the voting occurs. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. When they're so voting on a, factions and artwork yeah, and things like that. Because, yeah, you get more, I guess there's more weight given to your vote because you get more points that you earn through various things. So, you know, a little bit more practical than that other suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Okay, well, that's it for 4X. Now, moving on from 4X, a while back, I had mentioned a game called 4 Triumph, which was a little bit like it's, it's a tactical game, like in the XCOM style, 
but it's a fantasy game, like high fantasy. It's it's got a lot of humor. It has a lot of humor, and the humor is good, a lot. Now it is not so. There are a couple of games out there like that right now, like some science fiction, some sci, just some science type games, some fiction, some alternate history, some fantasy. So this one is definitely in the fantasy realm. This one is more about you know. Um, squad tactics and special abilities and combinations and like i think that this is probably one of the better ones to do it so anyways um so we have mutant just a quick aside mutant year zero uh that's the one with the post-apocalypse you know and as or some refer to it myself included duck com this one is not that this is more fantasy more like tolkien-esque fantasy and stuff like that so one of the things that this game has it has like the campaign is very driven like it's very narratively driven and there's a particular path it's not an open world you can't just free roam and you know do whatever well a lot of people have been asking for that myself included and that's pretty much what they added is it's a new strategic mode it's basically a skirmish set in a sandbox that's going to be procedurally generated and you can pretty much take on um, so one of the four major factions and you're squaring off against the AI, except that you don't have like the story missions. You don't have any of them, at least not yet. They're probably going to introduce some stuff to give it some direction. Otherwise, you're just kind of like, OK, I want to fight. I, you know, do a fight. OK, now what? You know, so that's part of it. And um, within the notes, the, you know, they explain how to get to it, how to, you know. What if maybe you don't want to do that? Maybe you just want to do the campaign. So how to play the campaign? Then they're introducing a, a new human human faction, and uh, still a bunch of the arts and the models are work in progress. Their abilities, you know, imbalanced. They're not quite there yet. So you know, if you see the exploits, let them know. Or if they're weak, let them know because they're still working on fixing that up. And as a result of having the new procedurally generated map, there's going to be randomized starts. The AI has to be improved now because Again, it's procedurally generated. There's going to be ability upgrades. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that they're adding, and as well as balance fixes and whatnot. So I can also promise you that I will have an excursion for this. I will have an excursion for Mutant Year Zero. Uh, Mutant Year Zero is out, and I haven't played enough to write one, but I do like it. This one is still in early access or in beta or whatever you want to call it. So just I'm not going to write for this until much later but yeah we're definitely gonna have pieces for these games and um you know th there's a lot of stuff out there a lot of stuff out there and if you're looking for some kind of squad combat there's quite a bit of games competing for your dollars these days but if you want something that's kind of not as serious or dire but fun and has you know a game that doesn't take itself too seriously but not but doesn't do a bad job at it it's just it's, it's fun this game might be something you want to take a look at and with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to this week's What Is. And this week, we have something a little bit different. So this game is called Prosperous Universe. And this is more about a space economy. This is an MMO. And this is not... Um, you don't get it through Steam or anything. This is actually you... It's a browser game. And there's two aspects to it. There's two versions of it. There's a version where you play like the free version. So you don't have to buy anything. You can just play it as much as you want. And you have what you have within the game. And then you can, you know, you can purchase or buy into it. And then you basically bumps you up to another level and you have more stuff. But in a sense, this is it's I, I kind of have to say this ahead of time because I've been seeing this coming up more and more now as a small aside. 
at Explorinate, we don't do any ads. We don't do any paid content. We don't do any promotions. When we talk about games, we talk about them because we want to talk about them. Now, if a publisher or developer reaches out and says, hey, guys, we got a game you're interested in. Here's a couple of keys or this or that. We At no point do we say, oh, you gave us a couple of keys. Oh, man, we'll give you a good review or we'll give you a lot of coverage or we'll do this. We're like, oh, sure. Okay, thanks. Well, we'll cover it here and there and that's it. We make no promises. So don't feel that if we talk about a game that you're like, oh, I don't know, man. They got bought. We didn't get bought by anybody. These guys didn't send us any cars or furniture or any super secret codes for anything. They're like, hey, guys, we got an interesting game. Take a look. What do you think? You know, that's what What Is is about. It's games that we find on our own. Sometimes community members like, hey, Nate, hey, Troy, hey, guys, you ever hear of this game? Or they send us an email or the publisher or the developer or, you know, I see something on Twitter or on Steam or wherever else I happen to be looking. So anyways, back to the game. So. What's really interesting to me is this is an economic game. Now, within the economy, you're not just it's it's not like about just buying and selling. You are trying to build coalitions, you're trying to build an empire. It's a living universe. People are going to be logging in and signing and doing stuff when you're not there and things might be changing. So, it's it should be very interesting like like the economy here like when I'm looking into it reminds me a little bit of EVE Online, where it's a community-driven um, economy, like what the people make, that's what's in the game, or maybe like Minecraft even, you know, and that's, I mean, that's, that's in my opinion, that's some high praise. Now, will this game be the best game ever? I don't know. You know, it's really up to the people that play it. But if you hear our segment and you're interested in it and you check it out, we're always looking for feedback. Let us know what you think for this or any other game that we featured. And... Let me see. Let me scroll real quick through the roadmap. Like their roadmap is pretty, it's pretty good. They have a lot of stuff already done. They're working. Um, what is like? Uh huh. Like some of the art stuff is getting done. Some of the programming still in the in the works. But you know, it's hey, it's free. Check it out. Links in the notes. Maybe it's what you've been looking for. It is browser based. You don't have to, you know, have a console or a PC or some kind of dedicated beast to play it. Maybe you're on the run. You like jump in maybe even do it from your phone i don't know something worth checking out anyways moving on troy anything interesting you want to talk about this week uh well um i played some more thea 2 and mm-hmm. you remember you see last week or the week before i talked about how the patch erased a really good spot i found last week last week yeah well i found another good spot i can get oh. wood fruit uh-huh. and iron uh-huh. all from the same hex like i could build it in one hex and i'll have access to all three from within my town so that's fantastic nice. that's really cool nice. Nice. so um i can tell that the devs have really toned down like the early encounters like i'm not getting wiped out by wolves uh or bees yeah, in the like the first five turns, like I used to. So now it, the the early game seems very manageable now, which I appreciate, which is really good. Um, I tried playing the like the undead type god this last time mm-hmm. around. And that mm-hmm. that's different because you get a lot more mm-hmm. uh, magical type people. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool and different and fun. So and again, uh, I'm just enjoying the atmosphere and the writing in the game. They're both really good. Uh, I also played, uh, obviously, World of Tanks Blitz, and right now they got their Christmas event going on, and I think it's one of the the best events that they've held yet, period. Really? This year, yeah, they've they've really changed their 
their philosophy towards special events starting with the second half of this year. And mm-hmm. what they do is they make sure that they have something available for people who are casual players, something for mid-tier players, and something for hardcore players. And that's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Everybody can get something if they want to get it. And they're on pace to set a monthly record for number of concurrent players on Steam, which is really fantastic for that game. It's, it's what, four years old now, I think? I think it's four sure. years old. And sure. uh, they just they set an all-time concurrent players record back in October of this year. So they're How gonna, many people? Yeah. It's, no, how many people? Oh, many uh, people? almost 26,000. Ooh, that's pretty good. It's not Civ 5 numbers, but that's No, it's good. not. <laughs> yeah, I went on. No, Civ 5 did amazing. Civ 5 did amazing. Civ 5 is like still getting like 70,000, 80,000 people playing. Yeah. It's. You know, that's a game can with some look legs. Look it up real quick. Uh, yeah. So, um, but anyway, they have really changed. They're they're the way that they do things, and it's so much better. I'm having so much fun right now. So, nice. yeah. <laughs> like right now, Civ Five is averaging twenty five thousand players a okay. month, and like their all time high. They probably had a free weekend in there, but that's like ninety one thousand. Concurrent. No, no, that was before the free weekend. That, I don't think Civ Five has ever had a free weekend. Uh, Steam didn't. I mean, Valve didn't start doing free weekends until Civ Six, at, at least less than two years ago, is my guess. Well, you might be that right. Did not, you that might did be not right. I know Endless weekends. Legend did one. Yes, uh, but still, but pr- even prior to that, Endless Legends numbers, like when it came out, were like pretty like high for four X. They were like fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Maybe Civ Five definitely like just in general, like one of the most popular games on Steam. So yep. yeah. Yep. Anyway, excellent. Very good. I'm enjoying myself. Uh what about you? It sounds like you actually got to play some things this week. I did. I got to play um Battletech Flashpoint. So I figured out really what I was doing wrong. Why I was okay, so first of all, Hairbrain's Hairbrain games, they went in and they fixed the issue where like you were being headshot as often as anything else. That was a huge issue. It was like a tiny little change in the die rolls, but it resulted in very dire consequences. Like your your super veteran, your elite people were being taken out with a single headshot by like an unlikely mech, you know? So that's fixed. So thank God for that. So since that was fixed, then I started doing the flashpoint again and I was doing better, but still not. And I was like thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, outside of one or two flashpoints that I saw, a lot of the recommendations for your loadouts, a lot of the suggestions for your loadouts are like just that suggestions. You don't really need to do that. You can do whatever you want. You just have to take that into account. So I started taking my assaults, which are the top tier mechs, and making them faster. And for some of the, so you have a couple of missions where you need like a me, like a medium mech to run in and camp on a spot in order to you know set off a flare you know whatever different missions different different reasoning same result right and the thing is like there are a lot of enemies on the map there are turrets you're just getting chewed up and the AI that comes to support you does a really poor job of doing that so it's like you end up just, you end up getting destroyed so. 
I took basically one of my assaults. I armored them up to the max, put engines on them to the max, basically jump engines to make them as fast as possible, and then put some we like melee weapons on them because everybody's going to try to close the distance on them. And lo and behold, one of those mechs runs out, takes out a spot on the other end of the map, and everybody else is like moving fast, but not you know, not stopping to smell the flowers and I'm passing flashpoints. I'm like, okay, this is fun. I'm enjoying myself. So I've been doing that when I think I did it like twice this week so that I did like one flashpoint completely and half of another one. And then I played some um, Civilization VI, like I had mentioned earlier. So I bought it for the iPad for my son to play. So he's been playing it. Uh, he's been playing Civ Rev 2 and he loves it. And uh, I got, I promised him if he'll come back with, you know, if, this semester, I, his teachers say he's been doing good in school, which she just she's like, yeah, he's amazing. She loves him. He's the best. So it's like, okay, perfect. So I got him Civ 6. I'm downloading all the things. So I'm teaching him how to play. And he's good. And he's young. But he's really good. And it's fun to watch him play. It's interesting to listen to some of the questions that he has. And like, he's listening to Sean Bean talk about stuff and he's like, Oh, I'll be back in a second. Dad. And he runs over and like pulls up trying to figure out who the person is, where the quote is from. So you know, <laughs> he's really like, it's, it's fun. It's like for me, you know, you hear it so many times you're like, Oh yeah, okay. That's cool. But like for him, it's like, Ooh, who's that person? Then he'll sit down and read about him and he's, he legitimately reads up on him. So he's like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. So what they're trying to say is, and it's like, yes, son, that is what they're trying to say. Now, my kid is young. I, I had said it before, but he's not even a teenager, so, you know. But anyways, um, we did that, and then, um, so I'm kind of done with Red Dead for now. I have too much stuff going on at work, too many other things going on, and just, I beat the main game, I beat all the stuff afterwards, there's not much left for me to do, and I, the online is just not for me, like, you go on, and between the griefing and the nothing to do, I'm just like, Ugh, and now they're charging gold for stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't want this. I'm not doing paying for this ever. So that's that. So then I picked up another game that I have. And that's Infamous Second Son. And uh, I played the first two games on my PS3, Infamous 1, Infamous 2. And this is a different protagonist. And it happens in a different part of the US. And it's basically a superhero type game. And it is a lot of fun. But still, that's another thing, like maybe an hour this week. So I had like two and a half, three hours of gaming in the past 144 hours, you know? Very cool. I'm glad for you. So, so a little bit. We'll see if I get a little bit more yeah. time to play yeah. in the coming week. I know this time but, of year is tough on us both, so yeah. Um, yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah. That's the way it is. Um, way it is, is there anything else you want to say before we close this one up? Yeah, just a quick follow-up to my rant, or as Joe put it in the notes, ranty McRant rant. <laughs> um. I appreciate the positive feedback and I'm glad that the community understands and like, you know, it's, I'm not saying this again because I'm trying to apologize. Hey, our stuff is running late. You know, it'll get here when it gets here. It's not like that. It really will get here when it gets here because you guys understand you read the stuff that we write, you know, how much effort we put into it and how much editing we do to make sure that what you're reading is good and what you're reading makes sense and it's not you know pretentious you know and it's fun and it's not like because our stuff is long you know you want to make sure that people are interested in what they read having said that i think we're going to try to do shorter excursions at least so we can get them out sooner for the games that we get so even so if the forex reviews 
via the 5x method take a long time at least the excursions won't so you'll get stuff that's more timely for like really hot games or whatever you know whatever you want to call them so we'll try that we're going to try by the time that you hear this we're going to have something called a cardboard excursion and this is oliver reviewing a board game so i'm very he's done it before and we've got really good feedback and a lot of like people like looking into it so i'm curious to see what you guys think of this one joshua has been doing some mobile games and we had recently won a city builder so when we do stuff like that board games or mobile games things like that it's always going to be 4x type games or strategy it's not going to be just you know here's a review for bejeweled now you might get one somewhere around april if you know what I mean, but on a typical basis, you should not be seeing you. You will not be seeing stuff like that. But do give us your thoughts on the shorter format for the excursions. Not every excursion is going to be short. Some excursions, like if I write something for something that I love and I feel like I want to write, you know, a whole lot, I will. It's just I'm not going to ask somebody else to do it. You know, if they're like, hey, you know, I want to write a little, I want to write a lot, they will, and you know, we'll put it up and you'll let us know. So that's one. Two. Um, by the time you hear this, Christmas had passed, but at the time of recording, it hasn't yet. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and whatever other holidays happen to be for those that listen around the world. And we do have a lot of listeners that are not in the U.S. or in Europe or you know North America or anything like that. So that. And finally, a big, huge thank you to our patrons that are supporting us through Patreon. We actually recently picked up a couple of new people so you're awesome thank you we're always looking for more patrons to support us because your support means that we can get games earlier because sometimes the games we want we don't get so we gotta buy them and you know you we can't just go out and spend 500 600 dollars in games we want when we don't have that money to spend and i'm not asking the guys hey why don't you spend your own money to buy these games you know i, I try not to do that so i use the money from patreon to pay for stuff so if we have a little bit more makes it easier to get some of the some other games so just saying but you know like troy's chair right isn't your chair great yeah listen no creaking i love right. it so and that is go. thanks See? to our patreons which we very much appreciate it um, you know, we also use the money to pay for, for hosting and our domain name and all that sort of thing. Uh, yep. You know, we host our podcasts on HipCast and all that. So we, we use it to cover those expenses as well. Exactly. Pay taxes on things yeah, at the end yep. of the year. And, I've, and this is a year in the making where I'm like, oh, we're going to have some merchandise. And I was talking about it last year. And we I bought a couple of things for the guys to try. And they're like, oh, it's great. It's held up. And I really want to do it. And I'm probably even going to do it soon. Soon. But just kind of hang in there. And for the patrons, that you know, we're going to hook you up on this stuff. So you're not going to be like, oh, I support you. Why am I having to pay so much more? The stuff that you guys get will be at cost. So at least for the patrons, we can do that. So if you're one of our patrons and once this stuff is ready for you guys, you know, we're not going to make a penny on you. And that's fine because you guys are already supporting us and you deserve some cool stuff. So anyways, and in the coming year, we're going to do some more giveaways. And I'm going to try to do a couple of things that are like more patron specific because I know that this kind of stuff is what sometimes the patrons want. So. You know, we'll try to provide as best as we can. And with that, I think that's it, Troy. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you with us. This has been Troy and Nate for Explorminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.